It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in, and we hope you're doing so every day at this time. It is a blessing for us to be able to study with you, to teach from God's Word during this time, to try to help you come to a better understanding of what God's Word says so that you can be better equipped and enabled to make the decisions that God would have you to make for your spiritual life. We take this time very seriously. We're thankful for our new listeners as well. We appreciate you tuning in. We hope that you will come to realize that you're actually learning the Bible on Search the Scriptures. And it's a special blessing for us to be able to meet with many of our listeners on a face-to-face basis as they come and visit with us and study with us and grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha. It's my blessing to be able to study with you today along with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's a blessing for me to be on the program today and to be with our listening audience as well and to share in this study with you and with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Dwayne and Gary. I'm certainly honored to be part of the program today as well. Uh, Certainly pleased that we have the opportunity to share this ministry through the Sunny Slope Church of Christ with all those who listen to us. And again, as you pointed out, Gary, if you're listening to us for the first time, we do hope that you'll be very soon convinced that what we're doing on the program is trying to glorify God by presenting His Word as the ultimate authority for our lives. Amen. And we really do take that, that uh, goal seriously. Yes. And we want to help our listeners come to appreciate how important it is to bring God glory through our lives. And ultimately, we cannot do that without living our lives by his teachings. That's right. Now, we've been looking in this particular series of studies, asking the question, what if you had only 24 hours to live? Now, I know that, again, a lot of people, they don't like to think about that. And yet, at the same time, as we've emphasized, there's just about nothing that gets our attention so well as death. Mm -hmm. We can think about people in our lives who have died, perhaps very close and dearly loved family members or friends or maybe somebody at work or at school. Maybe it's been an unexpected death where they did not have any appearance of sickness or illness Maybe there wasn't an accident. All of a sudden, it just seems like, as we say, out of the blue, they drop dead. Mm -hmm. Well, we've all had those kinds of experiences with people in our lives. They can be disturbing. And Mm -hmm. it seems like that kind of a situation can really get our attention Mm -hmm. and cause us to refocus on where we are in our personal lives. Now, if we learned And we all reach this point. It's just that very few of us know when we reach this point. But if we learned that we had 24 hours to live, we knew that this was the last day of our lives, what would we do? How would we face that last day? Now, we've asked this question in conjunction with a person who knew they were not right with God. They were not saved. We've also asked this in reference to a person who had become a Christian, but had since become wayward, backslider, unfaithful. What would you do in those situations? 
Well, in both of those situations, Gary, the answer is you need to get your life right in God's sight. Uh, There's no other way around that. And, uh, you know, we've said before, we need to do it before we reach those last 24 hours because, again, for most of us, we don't know when that clock starts ticking down those last 24 hours. That's right. If we were in a position where we did know that, it really becomes imperative that we get ourselves right with God. It certainly does. And, you know, if all of a sudden we knew that death was staring us square in the face. Now, let me hasten to add that there are many people who do face death. It may not be their last 24 hours, but they realize, hey, I've got to have this emergency surgery. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they've been in a terrible car accident mm-hmm. and they are really broken up and they've heard the doctors say, well, it's really iffy. We've got to do some emergency surgery here and I don't know, I can't, I'm 50-50. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they've been diagnosed with some dreaded disease that could be terminal and they're going to be facing over the next few months the treatment of that disease and they're not sure if they're going to make it. Now, that's reality as well. Okay, yes. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I think we would, we would also, in addition to what Dennis said, we would want to make sure that we get it right. Uh, this is our only chance at this. Mm-hmm. And so we would seek guidance from someone who knew what they were doing so that they could direct us in the correct way, which would be God's way. Yes, yes. And so we said, you know, that person would be calling somebody, as you said mama or daddy, some faithful Christian they knew, the preacher, you know, somebody. They'd be trying to get in touch with somebody who could help them, give them instruction as to what they needed to do to get their lives right. Now, in this particular part of this study, though, we're asking the question, what what if you were right? What if you were faithful? What if you were dedicated, committed? You were ready to meet the Lord. But there was somebody in your life who you knew was not ready to meet the Lord. Right. If they came down to their last day, they'd be in really big trouble because they weren't right with God. And you'd been meaning to talk to them, but you've been putting it off. Mm-hmm. And now you know you've got less than a day to live. What would you do? Would you try to get in touch with them? Would you try to connect with them in some way, to some degree? Would you try to get through to them, spend at least a few minutes, half an hour, something, I would suggest that many people would say, well, yeah, I I would take some of that last precious day of my life and I try to get through to that person. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Gary. And for someone who is a faithful Christian, perhaps they understand better than anyone else, the people who are not, they're going to be eternally lost. And there's nothing Look, somebody might say, you've got cancer. Mm -hmm. You've got untreatable tuberculosis. You've got a heart problem that cannot be fixed. It's just a matter of time, and there isn't much time left. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blanks, whatever it is. As bad as all of those particular prognoses might be, they pale in comparison Mm -hmm to the understanding 
you're going to die physically lost in your sin. Mm-hmm. And you're going to face eternal condemnation. That's right. Nothing compares with that pronouncement, with that prospect. Now, if we knew that we only had 24 hours to live, a lot of the trivialities we've been messing with from day to day, they would seem really trivial, wouldn't they? Yes, certainly would. We would drop everything and do everything that we can do to rescue them. Try to help. Try Mm -hmm. to help. The gospel is the key, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. As we said in our last program, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul tells us that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Mm-hmm. That person we know, that person we had been meaning to talk to, been wanting to talk to, they need to understand the gospel message. And in some way, we'd have to try to get that through to them, get across to them what that message is, at least set them up so that somebody could help them learn that gospel message so that they could be saved themselves. Mm-hmm. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, what does Paul say there, Dwayne? But we are bound to give thanks to you to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, that salvation, that sanctification, in essence, we're talking about the same thing in this particular context. He says we're called to salvation by the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. There is no other means by which a person can come to salvation, is there? No. No, there isn't. Back in the first chapter of this same letter to the Thessalonians, in verses 7 and 8, Paul says that on that final day of judgment, Christ is going to come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The gospel is imperative. That message is the message of salvation, isn't it? Yes, it is. We've got to get across to that friend of ours, to that loved one of ours, that family member of ours. They need to respond to the gospel message. Dennis, how about reading something of the gist of that gospel as Paul laid it out in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2? Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So he says, it is by the gospel that we're saved. And then it's not just a matter of the initial obedience, but he says, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you. There's a condition. Yes, and I think he's obviously referring back there to the gospel that he preached to them. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yes. The gospel by which they were saved. Need to mm-hmm. continue in that gospel. Yes. Right. Now, go ahead there, Dennis, and read the next couple of uh, verses there as he lays out the, the gist of the gospel. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, Christ died, he was buried, and he arose from the grave. Mm -hmm. In its most boiled down form, we could say that's the gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. In its concise form, yes. Yes. Now, as we've, re- as we've referred back to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, that particular message that Christ came to this world as our Savior and Lord, he died on that cross as the sacrifice, the ultimate perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, and he arose from the grave in power, triumphing over death, demonstrating in as most, in the most, as vivid a way as possible, from a human perspective, I think, that he is who he claimed to be, mm-hmm. the Lord and Savior, God's Son. We've got to turn to him for that salvation, for that forgiveness. That's right. We've got to turn to him in faith and obedience. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there any other way? Well, there is no other way, Gary, and again, this is something we've pointed out a number of times on the program. Jesus is the only Savior. In John 14 and verse 6, as he was speaking to the apostles, he made that very clear. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to me except through me, or excuse me, no one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only Savior. The only Savior, the only way. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, I'd like for you to read in a moment 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. But what if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus Christ? They have no salvation coming to them. They have no access to the Father. But what if they believed in some other Savior or Messiah figure? Now, they've really, truly, sincerely, deep down with all of their heart, believed in someone else. There's, there's no salvation in any other name given unto heaven among men except Jesus Christ. So even if they've really meant it, even if they've really believed with all of their heart and they were really devoted, really sincere, you know, that's the way teenagers talk. Really, really, mom, really, really, dad. But they really believed with all of their heart. You're saying they believed in vain. Exactly. Vain. Futility. Yeah. When Jesus said there is salvation and no, there, is, there is no other way to God except through him, he meant exactly that. When Peter said there is salvation in no other, he meant exactly that. He did. When John indicated that we must abide in the doctrine of Christ or we do not have God, he meant exactly that. Yeah, and he's not saying just in the word of God there. He says in the doctrine of Christ, very specifically. That's right. So you can't pick and choose. No. You can't say, well, I believe the Old Testament part. I just don't believe that New Testament part about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. He says if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, you don't have God. That's right. 
We need to understand that. This is imperative. There is no wiggle room here. No Salvation is in no other. That's right. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, what does Peter say along this line, Dwayne? For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? The gospel of God, those who do not obey. It's a rhetorical question. Yes. To ask it is to answer it. There's, there's, no good, there's no good scenario for the person who does not obey the gospel of God. Notice what he says. Judgment will begin at the house of God. Now, what is the house of God? The church. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. That's right. Paul refers to the church as the house of God specifically. And so if judgment begins with the church, if it begins with us first, Peter says, then what's going to be the end of those who have not obeyed the gospel of God? What about those who are outside the church? What about those who have never come to Christ? Who have never been baptized into him for the remission of their sins? Mm-hmm. They will not know salvation as sincere as they may have put their hope in something else. They will not know the salvation that comes from God. Now, what you just said, Dwayne, would be taken by some as being narrow minded, bigoted. They would say that you're you're just judgmental. And yet all you're doing is referring to what we've read in Scripture from God's word. Yes. Mm -hmm. Feeling really, really, really good about something does not mean that that thing is good necessarily. That's right. There have been all kinds of people who have felt really, really good about some relationship that turned out to be an utter disaster. People have made all kinds of decisions that they felt really, really good about only to find out later, boy, was I wrong about this. Indeed. And so we have to understand, we may have this really warm feeling about how we are spiritually if how we are spiritually is not in conformity with what God's word teaches that we should be spiritually, we've got a really warm feeling that's leading us astray. Mm-hmm. We've got to come to God God's way. We've got to come to God through Jesus Christ. In James chapter 1 and verse 18, what does James say? Dennis? Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. He brought us forth by the word of truth. Right. Now, the word of truth is what? What word is that? It's the gospel that we've been speaking about. The word of God. John 17, verse 17, Jesus referred to God's word as God's truth. And so he's brought us forth. Now, how does he bring us forth by the word of truth? How does that happen? Well, One of the things I would say, Gary, is what we read earlier from 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 14, we're called by the gospel. And another thing is, from Romans 10, verse 17, we acquire faith by hearing the word of God. All right, so we 
hear the word and as we come to believe that, then faith develops within us is what you're saying. Yes, and it's through the word of God. Through the word of God. So it's not magical, it's not mystical, not supernatural. Outside of God's word, there's no way that we're going to come to faith or understand what it is. That's right. So that person that you care about, that person you have not talked to, who you've been meaning to talk to, who you've wanted to talk to, that person really needs you to talk to them about the gospel. Yes. And there may be someone out there today listening to us in this program who they've been meaning to get around to really trying to understand the gospel, but they haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. They haven't quite opened up God's word. They haven't come to worship with the Lord's church. They haven't really gotten serious about studying, but they wanted to, but you better because there's no way to Christ. There's no way to God except through the gospel. Mm-hmm. We've got to come to believe in Jesus through the gospel message. Mm -hmm. We've got to obey him through the gospel plan of salvation. And as we are baptized into him, the blood that he shed on that cross, again, going back to the concise understanding of the gospel, he died on that cross to shed his blood because of the guilt of our sins. As we're baptized into him, that blood that he shed cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Mm -hmm. And Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Right. And as we're baptized and his blood cleanses us from the guilt of our sins, we actually come into him through that action, that obedience of baptism. Mm -hmm. Yes. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27. Mm -hmm. And then he adds us to his body, the church, the saved. Mm-hmm. Now that's where your friend needs to be. Yes. That's where your loved one needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to be. And only through the gospel can any of you get there. That's right. And you know, as we've pointed out, Gary, this is something we need to do even before we get to the last 24 hours of our lives. You know, I'm reminded of something Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He doesn't even say today is the day. He says now. Right now. The immediacy of the moment. Now, we want to encourage all of our listeners. Contact us today. Listen for how you can get in touch with us and ask for that free Bible study to help you come to understand how you can be ready for those last 24 hours. Give this to somebody you know who needs to come to Christ so they can get ready for those last 24 hours. We'll come back to this point, pick up next time.